This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at markets, I'm Randy Conan. USDA projecting new crop corn ending stocks at 1.43 billion bushels. That's up from 1.35 billion in the June supply demand report. Corn ending stocks number is in line with trade guesses. New crop soybean ending stocks in the U.S. are estimated at 155 million bushels, also unchanged from the June WASD report. Wheat ending stocks in the U.S. expected to be 665 million bushels, down from 770 million last month. It's also below trade expectations. World corn ending stocks are more than 291 million tons, slightly higher than the June estimate. World wheat ending stocks are at 291 million, lower than the June supply demand estimate. Ag resource company market analyst Ben Buckner said the July WASDE report was the catalyst for the grain markets as the week began. Really only of note were the changes to the U.S. wheat balance sheet. That centered mostly on spring wheat, which they cut pretty substantially. So, uh, you know, U.S. wheat production's down, you know, over 100 million bushels. So that was all due to spring wheat. But now we're, can see this path where we're running out of wheat entirely in the next couple of years if we don't buy acres. So the wheat market has all of a sudden, you know, very quickly joined corn and soybeans on this bull trend. Stonex Group Chief Commodities Economist Arlen Suderman was watching for two numbers from the WASDE report, including the spring wheat production estimate. Now, USDA has Durham, and then they throw all other spring wheat back into one category. And for that, I had 358 million bushels. That was the lowest of the trade guesses, and it was 100 million bushels below the average trade guess. So I was really sticking out there on a limb with that low production estimate, and USDA came in 13 million below me. Um, so I wasn't surprised by the number. The trade was surprised by the number. And I think that shows just how bad things are in the northern plains. Suderman was also watching for Brazil's corn production estimate, with USDA projecting that at 93 million metric tons and exports at 28 million metric tons. USDA also forecasting spring wheat production at 345 million bushels. That's down 41% from last year and it would be the smallest spring wheat crop in more than 30 years. At this point, USDA is estimating an abandonment rate of just 3% in spring wheat. Due to the severe drought, most analysts expect to see that much higher. By comparison, 20% of the spring wheat acres were left unharvested during the drought of 1988. Advanced Trading Commodity Research Analyst Brian Basting thinks spring wheat abandonment could approach that record set in 1988. In 1988, we abandoned 22% of the hard red spring planted acreage. Uh, so if we, we used a round number of 20% this year, that would be the highest number since 1988, and we arrived at a production estimate of 296 using the crop rating. So unfortunately, I, it does look like we're going to see severe abandonment this year, and uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised, unfortunately, given what the 6-10 to 10 day outlook from National Weather Service is if we approach that 1988 level. Cattle markets for the week have been kind of choppy. Corn Belt Marketing market analyst Sam Hudson says that feeder cattle market especially just kind of ebbs and flows with the corn market. Some concern about you know these feed costs rattling off. You know if corn is going to rattle off another fifty cents a bushel or something, uh, it's going to be hard to rally that market. Conversely, if we cool it down a little bit, these back months it's really hard to be you know too bearish on at least for now. Uh, and the live cattle are really just caught range bound, you know, really in the crossfire of that whole thing. Uh, I think prices are fair for now. We've got enough numbers, but we know packers can can pay what they're paying now and probably a little bit more at least for the time being. And that's a look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan.
First tattoo, huh? Yep. I wanted to read Tough on Aphids, Easy on Bees. What's the story behind that? Well, on my farm, I use this powerful stuff from BASF called Safina Inscalis Insecticide. Sorry, it's gonna sting. So, Safina Insecticide? It's strong on aphids and quickly limits plant damage, but gentle on bees. Gentle on bees? Yeah. They're the bee's knees. Be strong and gentle with Safina Insecticide. Ooh, always read and follow label directions. Nicely done, beef. From London broils and French dips to New York strips and Texas briskets. Who knew you were so well-traveled? Yeah, you're what's for dinner. And it's always dinner somewhere. Bring everyone back to the table and get cooking at Beef, it's what's for dinner.com. Funded by beef farmers and ranchers. This weekend news, I'm Kara Hart for the Red River Farm Network. USDA's Risk Management Agency is authorizing emergency procedures as extreme drought conditions continue across the country. The agency is working with crop insurance companies to simplify the adjustment of losses and issue indemnity payments. Companies can now accept delayed notices of loss in certain situations, streamline paperwork and reduce the number of required samples when crop damage is consistent. More information on the emergency procedures is available on the RMA website. Be sure to go to rrfn.com to hear the interview with RMA Acting Administrator Richard Florinoy. North Dakota Senator John Hoven is pleased to see the Risk Management Agency take action to help farmers and ranchers in drought. Hoven is still encouraging USDA's Farm Service Agency to adjust the hang and grazing date of CRP acres ahead of August 1st. Hoven visited with the FSA Administrator Zach Ducheneau about that and updates to the live livestock forage program earlier this week. One of the things I'd hope they could do administratively was increase the reimbursement rate on the livestock forage program for the cattlemen, but I guess that's statutory. So we're, we're going to go in and try to change that statutorily, but that, the problem is that takes longer. So the other thing I'm going to talk to uh, Zach about is, uh, hey, are there, some, are there some administrative things you can do to enhance or pair up something with the uh, uh, LFP? As, as, and, as well as like we're talking about the haying on the CRP. Minnesota Governor Tim Walz requested help from the USDA for livestock producers hurt by the drought. Walz supports emergency haying and grazing on CRP ground. One month ago, the Rugby Livestock Auction in Rugby, North Dakota was moving 1,000 cow-calf pairs at auction. Unheard of at the time. In the weeks following, owner Cliff Matson says the auction barn has moved 12,000 head of cattle, much of that due to the drought. Everything, um, slaughter cows, yearlings, and cow-calf pairs, in the whole month of June, um, we we haven't seen those numbers. You know, usually that's that's in March and February and March. Um, that's not this time of year. Uh, out of uh, out of those, there's probably been half of them been cow calf pairs. There's been a slowdown at the auction with Monday's sale moving 170 cow calf pairs. Matson says ranchers are hoping to have enough grass to get to a point where calves can be weaned. The fall cattle run may also be earlier than usual. Starting next Tuesday, July 20th, livestock and poultry producers who had to euthanize animals during the COVID pandemic will be able to apply for reimbursement. The USDA's new pandemic livestock indemnity program will offer payments based on 80% of the fair market value 
value of livestock and poultry and for the depopulation and disposal of the animal. More details can be found at FSA.com. In the first half of 2021, interest rates on farm loans by commercial banks increased slightly but are still historically low. A report from the Federal Reserve Bank of Kansas City uh, confirms that the average rate on non-real estate loans increased 30 basis points from the all-time low at the end of 2020. The rate for real estate loans declined. Compared to one year ago, tractor sales declined nearly 13 percent in June. Small tractor sales represent the biggest drop. A disagreement over how to pay for it has stalled negotiations on an infrastructure bill in Congress. Meanwhile, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer is moving forward with plans for a procedural vote on infrastructure next Thursday. That would set up a party-line vote through the budget reconciliation process. Agriculture and technology collided this week at the Cultivate Conference. Be sure to check out our coverage from the event that and other farm news at rrfn.com. This Week in News, I'm Kara Hart for the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services is hosting its Customer Appreciation Supper Tuesday, July 20th at the CHS Ag Services Seed Warehouse located at 747 South Main Street in Warren, Minnesota. See you Tuesday, July 20th at 5.30 at the CHS Ag Services Customer Appreciation Supper. CHS Ag Services with 20 locations in Northeast North Dakota, Northwest Minnesota. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. The Red River Farm Network delivers market information, but it's more than just the numbers. We talk with traders, market analysts, weather forecasters, the people in the know. From Rugby to Benson and Roseau to Aberdeen, the Red River Farm Network covers agriculture. Go online to rrfn.com to find your local Red River Farm Network radio station. Podcasts are also available online at rrfn.com, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. When it's important to your bottom line, you'll get the entire story on the Red River Farm Network. With a look at weather this week in agriculture, I'm Megan Overby on the Red River Farm Network. The area of extreme and exceptional drought in North Dakota shrunk this past week, according to the U.S. Drought Monitor. But the situation is still dire. 92% of the state is in moderate drought or higher, with 47% in the D3 and D4 categories. Pierce, McHenry, Ward, McLean, and Sheridan counties are all in exceptional drought. In Minnesota, 52% of the state is experiencing moderate drought conditions or greater. 4% of Minnesota is now in extreme drought, which includes Beltrami, Hubbard, Pennington, Clearwater, and Stearns counties. Extreme drought conditions also remain in north-central, south-central, and southeastern portions of South Dakota. Nearly 70% of the state is in the D2 category or higher. More than one-third of the cattle inventory in the U.S. is within an area experiencing moderate to exceptional drought. And as that drought persists, pasture conditions continue to worsen. Corteva Pasture Management Team Integrated Field Scientist Will Hutler says ranchers are trying to avoid overgrazing to maintain pasture health. It's a long-term management plan that, that needs to be in place. And planning for drought in a wet year kind of helps you get past those years. But, you know, currently I would, I would say 
measuring forage production a couple of times throughout the year gives you a really good idea of where you're at and where, where your carrying capacity should probably be. Um, and it sort of adjusts your herd size and, and uh, carrying capacity to, to what it should be. will help the pasture recover and then set you up for um, success in, in the future as well. The dry conditions also bring elevated weed pressure in pastures. Hutler says ranchers should scout pastures diligently to know what weeds are out there. Warmer than average temperatures in the 90s and even into the 100s are bringing further stress to crops and livestock in the northern plains and Canadian prairies. World Weather Incorporated senior agricultural meteorologist Drew Lerner says those hot temperatures will evaporate much of the moisture in the soil surface. We just don't have a, enough moisture flux into the region to generate a widespread soaking rain. And this event that occurred in South Dakota and into parts of uh, Iowa and Minnesota is uh, really the last organized event. Now we'll have some other showers occurring. You know, I may get a phone call or a text message from somebody saying, hey, we got some rain, and that's going to be fantastic if that occurs. But we're not going to see broad-based coverage of precipitation over this next week to maybe 10 days. That, in addition to the heat, really puts the pressure on. At Hawaii Grain in Oneida, South Dakota, General Manager Tim Lucan is already seeing loads of winter wheat at the elevator. Test weights right at 61.3, proteins at 14.2, so we're about two points higher on protein um, so far. Uh, and, and I think, you know, going forward here, our yields, uh, I'm going to say 35 to 50. I've heard some as high as 60, some, some acres that were put on some PP that was planted uh, uh, last fall. But um, we really aren't into the heart of it yet. I'm sure by the end of this week, for sure the middle of next week, everybody will get up and going. And that's been a look at weather this week in agriculture. Go to rrfn.com for the latest farm news, markets, weather, and more. Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Megan Overby. The annual Northwest Research and Outreach Center Crops and Soils Day, Wednesday, July 21st. This year's field day features morning small grains program and an afternoon sugar beet program. The morning session registration begins at 7.30, tours begin at 8. A complimentary lunch will be served at noon, and the afternoon sugar beet session registration begins at 12.15, with tours beginning at 12.45. That's the annual Northwest Research and Outreach Center Crops and Soils Day, Wednesday, July 21st. Keep up to date on this year's harvest here on the Red River Farm Network. Listen to Harvest Hotline Monday through Friday at 12.37. Sponsored by Ag Country Farm Credit Services, Beta Seed, and the North Dakota Mill. We'll talk with custom combiners, elevator managers, agronomists, and farmers about harvest progress, yields, and quality. Harvest Hotline, a daily feature on the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business.